up in the sky. Look, it's captivating. It's energizing. It's Alliance's Heroes. Alliance's is the destination for entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, inventors, leaders, celebrities, and startups. Where our heroes in business align. Now, here's your host flying in, David Kogan, founder of Alliance's. Yes, that's right. And again, I'm so excited today. Why? Because we have the Experian Identity Report, and we're going to be speaking with Kevin Chen. Now, who's Kevin? He is the Senior Vice President and Chief Data Scientist for Experian Data Labs in North America. You can reach him at Experian.com, E-X-P-E-R-I-A-N.com. Now, the Experian Data Labs are at the forefront of the company's efforts to scan the horizon for opportunities to really disrupt and transform the business with data. And one of those areas that we're going to speak with Kevin about today is how privacy-preserving technologies are being used to protect users and businesses. And this is everything, by the way, from streaming services to grocery stores to online retailers. Consumers' usage data is captured and analyzed. Think of how much data that is. And then that's used to provide customized recommendations that encourage uh, continued patronage. And again, most of us can appreciate and see the value of these personal recommendations. I know I do. I love when I go to sites and it recommends other things. And next thing I know, I'm buying a ton more. However, on the other hand, data must be kept private, especially in the increasing digitized economy where data is shared and fraudsters are on the prowl. So with that, Kevin, let's go right into it. Why is there such demand for privacy-preserving technologies? Yeah, sure. Thank you, David. Well, as you pointed out, right? So everybody knows that data is the oil of the 21st century. So over the past 20 years, we have seen an explosion of the use of the data, consumer's data, to provide customized, uh, personalized services as you pointed out. And we know that consumer loves it because by doing so, company is actually able to in enable uh, the consumer to get the products that they need to reduce the frustration and uh, also increase the loyalty to the company. So, you know, from the business point of view, business always is on the lookout uh, for new data, additional data about a consumer. And as a matter of fact, um, one trend that we observe is that uh, many companies, many business have exhausted their knowledge about a consumer from their own first party data. So they are actually starting to move into use third party data, uh, data from the other companies uh, about a consumer so that they can gain a better insight about a consumer. So from that perspective, as you know, when a company uh, wanted to use the data from the other companies, there's always this trust issue that's happening, right? Um, you may wonder how, if I were to provide my data to the other companies with the, uh, you know, obviously the consent of the consumers, uh, how the other company would be use the data? Would they keep the data uh, secure? Would they keep the data private? And also um, whether they will use it only for the sole purpose or they will use it for competitive purposes, right? So there's right. this trust issue between the companies. And then on the other hand, Given the tremendous value of the data, um, there's increased. Uh, there's a significant increase of data breaches. We have all heard about those data breaches that coming from uh, telecom industry, 
um, financial industry, e-commerce, and so on. And the volume is actually very large, right? So each time when a uh, data compromise, data breach that happened, it you know it must cause the consumer to wonder what's happening to my data, whether my data is kept private or not, and who owns my data, and so on. So again, there's this trust uh, between the uh, consumer and the business. So um, and so th therefore, we need to find a way to balance the data security, data privacy, and also um, uh, you know the convenience that the business is able to provide to the consumers by leveraging those consumer data. And that's where this you know you mentioned about the privacy preserving technology. That's why the privacy preserving right. technology is, is on the rise, trying to kind of restore this trust between the, uh, the consumer and the business that store and use the consumer's data. And there's that trend toward data anonymization, right? Really where personally identify information is encrypted, then removed, reducing the chance, right? Of identity and thought fraud, is that correct? It, that that's totally right. Uh, personally identifying information or PII as we call it, um, that's referring to say name, address, phone number, uh, social security number uh, as as matter. Um, but and, and so the assumption here is that if um, if we um, if the consumer's data does not really have PI information associated with it then even if the fraudster get a hold of the consumer's data, there's really not much the fraudster can do about it, right? For example, if the fraudster got my income information and other sensitive information, but they don't know uh, my uh, personal identifier information, they will not be able to leverage that information to commit fraud. So to alleviate all those risks, at minimum, the business should try to always encrypt the data of the uh, encrypt the, uh, the PII data. Um, and, and so that's the, the minimum. But also the business should also try to um, separate the PI data from the consumer's data by creating a linking key so that to reduce the risk, right? right. But I just wanna mention though, um, even with the PI remove or what you call anonymization, it's not always guaranteed that the data is safe and uh, private. I want to give you an example. Uh, actually, there's a famous uh, research back in 2006 by two researchers at UT Austin. Uh, at the time, Netflix released a um, uh, movie rating data from their, uh, you know, from the users. Right, it's about 10 million of records by uh, 500,000 consumers. Obviously, Netflix removed all the PIs, and then they released it to the public so that they hope the public can help them to improve their recommendation of the movies. Now, these two researchers, they were actually able to find out uh, by using the consumer's information from the so-called uh, international movie databases and correlate the ratings as well as the timestamp. They were able to so-called re-identify a majority of the consumers from the data set. So anonymization is not necessarily safe. Okay, and another example I can give you, right? Um, another way to preserve the privacy, the common, common thinking is that as long as I aggregated data together to, uh, to a larger uh, uh, population, then I should be safe, right? And that's um, the approach, for example, the Census Bureau is taken. They will aggregate the data to say block level or larger level, say zip level. 
so that they think so that the uh, the data is supposed to be secure and also uh, private. But uh, that's not always the case. Um, you know, it's safe for the Census Bureau. However, in a scenario where uh, if you are able to query that aggregation service many, many times by providing different criteria, then it's possible I can triangulate whether a consumer's data is in the data set or not by asking different questions, right? So that's why we still need to try to look into using different um, um, privacy preserving technology, such as, um, for example, data clean room or synthetic data and many others to preserve your privacy. Yeah, and I definitely want to ask you about that. So thank you for bringing that up. And again, you're sure. watching, listening to me, David Kogan, host of the Alliances Hero Show. Make sure that you go to alliances.com. That's E-L-I-A-N-C-E-S.com. The only place where entrepreneurs align. You can also check out past experience episodes by going to alliancer.com. That's E-L-I-A-N-C-E-R.com. We have with us again, Kevin Chen, Senior VP and Chief Data Scientist for Experian Data Labs. And of course, you can reach him by going to Experian.com. So Kevin, let's go into that because you mentioned about data clean rooms. Explain yes. to us though how that new technology, like the data clean rooms that you mentioned, synthetic data also, are being sure. used to protect an individual's personal data. And also at the same time, right, delivering that personalized consumer experience that really we all want. Right. So um, what Data Clean Room uh, is trying to do is to provide a, um, a safe environment where the company and the business can come together and explore the value of the uh, and the benefit of the data from each other. Okay. Um, data Clean Room is just like a physical clean room, but instead of uh, trying to make sure the environment is not contaminated, Data Clean Room focus on keeping the user's data private and separate. Um, in a Data Clean Room scenario, uh, all the participating party can actually set the parameters in terms of what information from the user's data can be seen by the others. Um, and the, um, in the Data Clean Room, the consumer's data is oftentimes anonymized, as you mentioned earlier, and aggregated and organized into um, say groups and cohorts in a very controlled manner uh, to preserve the privacy. Uh, it may leverage special hardware such as um, something like um, 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 trusted execution environment or by leveraging uh, data permissioning, partitioning, as well as some specialized design, especially designed SQL languages to enable those uh, privacy preserving. Um, and it's oftentimes orchestrated by the data claim operators to ensure the, uh, the privacy. So with that guarantee, then the uh, companies can explore the data from the other parties and then started to uh, perform analysis, building uh, machine learning models, trying to figure out how to segment their customers into different populations so that they can provide much more personalized services. And then with that learning, they can take that segmentation um, outside of the data claim room to, uh, to provide services to the customers without uh, uh, compromising the consumer's privacy. So that's how the data claim room works. 
This okay. is great. Great information. Yeah. Very valuable. And again, make sure you go to Experian.com. Excellent. Excellent. Well, boy, this is such valuable information. We got to make sure that we have you come back because again, you're watching, listening to David Kogan, me, that's right, host of the Alliance's Hero Show. And thank you again to Kevin Chen, Senior Vice President and Chief Data Scientist for Experian Data Labs in North America. Make sure that you go to Experian.com and make sure you stay tuned each week for the Experian Identity Report. Thank you so much again for being here today. Thank you, David.